Are you gonna start? Look him up. Oh, it's under Socrates. Oh yeah, Socrates. The only true wisdom consists in knowing that you know nothing. That's us, dude. Oh yeah. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dad Shorts Podcast, where we're just two dads trying to figure out which Disney sidekick is the best. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with Robin. Wait, that's Williams in Aladdin. Boom! Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, that's actually really good on the genie. I was going to say uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Okay. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, but it takes two of them. Two. But they're so good you can't choose one. That's, That's fair. They're amazing. Uh, welcome to the studio, uh, Keith Zaromsky, who is also going to weigh in on this question. Yeah. Well, Disney owns Marvel, so I would say Captain America. As a, As side a sidekick? Kick? That's right. Ooh, Ooh hot, hot takes take. it early. Wow. Yeah. Shot across the bow. <laughs> <laughs> they also own Disney, so would you say Grogu? Oh. You mean <laughs> Din Grogu? Din. Din. <laughs> This is great. This is is great. Uh, Well, listen, I am Zach Holden. And I am Scott Ragsdale. Uh, And like we said, uh, Keith is joining us in the studio. Keith, we've got a couple questions we'd like to ask every dad. Uh, First off, uh, what's your your job title? uh, How many kids you got? All that uh, good information. My name is uh, Keith Zaromsky. For you Carthage listeners, I'm the artist formerly known as Mr. Z, uh, former eighth grade social studies teacher extraordinaire. And mayoral candidate. Uh, perpetual, just every year, uh, Mr. Z for mayor. Uh, but now I serve as the associate vice president of academic affairs at Crowder College as Dr. Z. Uh, but as of July 1st, I will be the provost of instruction at Mineral Area College. So Congratulations. That, that is in Park Hills, Farmington, Missouri, on the okay. southeast side of the state. And so uh, I had a bucket list of Carthage things to do and being on the Dad Shorts podcast as a uh, lackluster husband, but above average father. <laughs> I get to check that off the list today. You know what? <laughs> made a bucket list. We did. Uh, full disclosure, uh, how many weeks ago did you learn that this podcast existed? Like five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> but we instantly made your bucket list. Yeah, it, it was instant. I, 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 hey, short time listener, first time caller, uh, you know, lukewarm fan, but I'm already having the time of my life. We will take it. These are like one episode. He's like, I can do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Alex Bimbo and Chad Ragsdale, you've been replaced. Yes, 100%. Easily, like uh, low bar. <laughs> yep. No, but uh, uh, my wife, Sefi, and I uh, have one daughter, Hadley Ann, uh, that is turning 11 on May 2nd, uh, but we're confused between 11 and 17 due to some of the, uh, you know, recent arguments that I apparently don't know what I'm talking about with her hair, uh, but I still love her and she's still dad's girl. You know, that's amazing, but it just continues for like years. I'm so, coming off last night with my daughter. She just railed on me because I told her she had to spend time with the family instead oh. of just engaging on her phone. And I literally thought she was going to scratch my eyes out. So you are my ghost of Christmas future. She's 15. Mm. <laughs> Scott got me four more years of this. It's the worst. Yes. Not to bring you down there. there. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, because we still do wake up at 530 in the morning and watch Mandalorian or other Star Wars episodes as they're released. And she still wants to hang out with me. And I'm holding on to that for dear us. life. So yes, you definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your go to dad outfit? Um, well, probably, uh, because I am so wise, any University of Michigan Wolverine shirt, uh, I get to show my knowledge, uh, and, uh, of course, khaki shorts, but I am not too cargo khaki shorts. That's my dad. And so I haven't gone to that level yet. Um, I was made fun of, of, uh, socks and uh, sandals in high school and I'm still kind of PTSD for that. So it's just, uh, sandals are like just shoes I slide into type of thing. But, uh, uh, the key with the, uh, 
khaki shorts, elastic waist. Forever Ooh, yeah. yes. changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I even found an elastic belt. I didn't know they made such a thing. Really? Yes. Dockers. No, I like the uh, the ratchet belt. Like oh, the, that you can just uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it in. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. I haven't I haven't seen the uh, mm-hmm. um, the no the the ratchet belt's not cloth. It's a it's a leather. I got leather ones. Then we're thinking of different belts. Yeah, they're they're great. Well, I'm let's like, talk about the cloth. <laughs> Through the 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 two little ha- uh, little things and pull tight. It's it's similar to that, does but it, it's not cloth. It's does made it of always make that noise? It has to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the cloth on the metal. That's true, and Sounds it makes you feel like you're wearing a sword. It does honestly make me <laughs> feel like I'm wearing a sword? <laughs> All right, Keith. Uh, what is your uh, best dad story? As a dad or of my dad? Either one. Either one. Go? Can I do both? Yeah. Why not? So, my dad went to one parent-teacher conference (laughs) and it was my kindergarten one and everything was going well and it was mrs trudowski a fellow uh polish uh, american if you will (laughs) and she said you know mr mr Trudowski, everything's going great with keith and then she paused except for one thing and my parents kind of panicked a little bit and i mean it was the 80s but they still cared (laughs) uh and she goes i don't know how to tell you this and now they're like leaning in and everything And she goes, I'm just going to come out and say it. Keith doesn't know how to skip. (laughs) And my dad goes, you're kidding me, right? And she goes, no, you don't understand for motor development and this, this, and that. And she goes, I'm sorry. Skipping is for sissies. And he got up and left. And my mom's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Never went to another parent-teacher conference. Always had my mom go after that. And I asked him some years later, and he's like, Son, you don't think I didn't know what I was doing? I'm like, you got out of conferences for a lifetime. And he goes, I didn't even have to go to one of your brothers. And he's like, why do you think the one diaper I did, I pinned you to the table? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. The hard part is, though, we share these stories, my brother and I, with our spouses. And so then we we yeah. lost the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. So we're at parent-teacher conferences and doing diapers and being good dads. But um, it, it was one of those stories that I was just like, I'm – I'm not worthy. Yeah, that's so, yeah. Well uh, played. Well, but I, I mean, on all counts, skipping yeah. is for sissies. <laughs> yeah. It's the perfect thing that you can see an old yeah. school dad say. Yeah, and it was. for sissies. Yeah. Skip the bag on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hand him a wrench. He's fine. Yeah. It's skip over this. Yeah. So. Oh, that's no. awesome. And then um, the other one actually comes from my daughter's kindergarten year. So a lot of, uh, you know, very um, uh, simpatico stories here. But mm-hmm. uh Hadley uh, went to school in Carthage and her teacher, Mrs. Catron, was my wife's best friend. She was at the hospital when we adopted her uh, neighbor and my daughter called her Aunt Carrie. And it was like, hey, you have to call me Mrs. Catron at school. So we practiced that. And I'm like, we're not going to have any problems at school. (laughs) First day she goes in and she's so used to the school because my wife works there. Mm. She steps on a line and goes into the teacher's lounge and <laughs> starts looking for a drink. And they're like, you can't be in here. It's like, well, my dad leaves juice boxes in here for me. And they're like, no, you got to do this. And so she gets a little frustrated and they walk down to then the classroom and everything. And later they have a special or cafeteria or something like that. And she runs up to hold Mrs. Catron's hand to be at the front of the line. And she goes, oh no, honey, you're at the back of the line. And she goes, well, what do you mean? You don't want to hold my hand? She goes, no, we do alphabetical order. You're at the back of the line. And she's like, why? And she goes, well, it's your dad's fault, meaning Sir Rob's <laughs> at the end. So my daughter's first day of kindergarten, 
I come home and it's, how was your first day? You ruined school. <laughs> I'm like, what? And she's like, I'm at the end of the line because of you. And I'm like, oh, technically it's your grandpa's fault. <laughs> uh, but it was the means of, you know, I ruined kindergarten by not being able to skip. And I ruined my daughter's kindergarten by being the last name Zaromsky. So that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a couple more, but there's some are good you, to get started with. Are you already like plotting what you're gonna do as a grandfather about how you're gonna ruin your grandkids? Uh, well, I'm just encouraging my daughter. You marry somebody you're equally yoked with towards the top of the alphabet, and it'll resolve <laughs> a lot of things. But True. no, I will be like my dad as the the cool grandpa who was like, well, yeah, she wants a milkshake at nine o'clock at night. Why not? You know? And it's like, no, it's <laughs> just same just... school. <laughs> <laughs> just full circle. You you know, yeah, just, just going back and forth. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, she is a, a papa's girl type of thing. She can do no wrong. We joke that he's going to be her lawyer. Well, you know, officer, she was just making a stabbing motion and he got in the way of the knife, you know, and it's like, she can do no wrong, which I'm glad that she has, but it's also like, no, it's my job to make sure she doesn't go to prison, pop dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what advice would you give to a new dad? Uh, I have multiple advices. One is an educator. This is all like research based and stuff yeah. because there is no <laughs> research that can prove when a child <clears throat> first understands when you're truly reading to them. Mm. So if they don't know, you, nobody knows it's two, it's three, it's three and a half. If you don't know the first time, start reading to them early and you will never miss that first opportunity that you could have been reading to them. Yeah. Interesting. A yeah. And that, that quality time is also then part of it because then it evolves into asking questions and then they feel safe talking to you because you've been explaining things to them. And those conversations can involve in always asking at the end of the day, what was your high of the day? What was your low of the day? Because if they'll share both, you can usually then have a better understanding of the things going well for them and the things not going well for them. And you're not then having to fill in the gaps. And even when they do get to be 11 or older, mm -hmm. they still will share that with you just because that's what you've done their whole life. Yeah. Uh, and it gives you a chance to know things are good. And even when things aren't good, you have more to be thankful for. But then it gives you an opportunity, at least one thing a day that you can kind of walk through or talk to. Um, and in like a situation we're going through and moving, it's like my low today was realizing I was leaving this friend. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. I'm leaving, uh, you know, one of the best principals in the Carthage School District in Miss Jenny Bogle. You know, <laughs> who is this? Yeah. Waiting for your answer. <laughs> waiting for your uh, breath. But it's the type of thing that it's just at different stages, but it, they can evolve from one of them. Mm -hmm. But it all starts with that reading, that time, that dedication. Um, and of course it is the more you read to them, the letter complices, you know, and it's yeah. the means of uh, falling through, but it's more about the, the time spent and it's intentional. And if that's their love language, uh, wonderful. And even if it's not, it's just the fact that you're spending that time that you will never regret. Well, and I think it's one of those, like, love language is a lot like, you know, color code, a lot like all the things. Like, you're never just one. Which, like, that was the episode I did listen to. Hey, I'm a yellow white, so <laughs> it's why we understand each other. There you go. Absolutely. Um, uh, if you could have dinner with any three dads from history, who would they be? Well, technically, Star Wars <laughs> is in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. Am I wrong? No, you're right. So, I mean, I could have dinner with Anakin and it would technically be history, but I'm not going to go the sci-fi route. That would work. No one has answered this question like without being crazy. Yeah. So I well, think that's fair enough. Sure. Yeah. I would, uh, you would wanna... know if you were a long time listener. <laughs> that's all yeah. Thing. No, with Anakin, I'd be like, man, I'm a great dad compared to you. You know? So, um, uh, you aren't even <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you ask how many younglings I killed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, too, too soon. Too soon. When I was your age, I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain is my favorite Civil War general. And I'll give you a moment to Google him and look up his glorious mustache. Uh, He was a history professor at Bowdoin College that left a comfortable post uh, to be able to fight in the Civil War, worked his way up, accepted the surrender at Appomattox Courthouse, but is technically the last Civil War soldier to die from his wounds in battle in 1914. Crazy. That's how like awesome he was. Is like, yeah, I took a bullet in '64. <laughs> took me, still works. Took me 50 years to kill me. Uh, but it's in the means of what he went through, multiple children, leaving your family to go through that as an educator. But then he also became governor after that. And that's how do you balance political life and family when they see you as this, but in your home they just see you as dad. Uh, it's those types of conversations. Just when you get into different administrative roles. You become a public persona. How do you balance that with, you know, then being the dad of like, nope, I got to change diapers, you know, but at work I get to do this type of thing. So he's just somebody in general I would like to talk to, but that aspect of history uh, would be one. So pun intended. Correct. In general. Yes. Da, 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 yeah. Just making sure. Uh, Lieutenant General, but you know, just depends on what time of the war because he got promoted, but I don't want to bore our listeners at this point who are already deciding to pause. And what's your third dad? Uh, I'm going to go with... Theodore Roosevelt. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a good because, man. well, that and the things that his sons and daughter accomplished even after their dad's lifetime, it was what did he instill in them? What lessons that in their own right they made significant impacts in U.S. history and in their own lives and in their own communities and their own states and regions? Uh, but what was it that you did? Was it this type of tough love, pick yourself up by the bootstraps? Was it the quality time? I mean, his daughter had him just wrapped around his pinky. So I definitely understand that. But again, it goes to public persona, to father, to Mm -hmm. teaching that grit of life is tough, but then also being compelling that your children feel loved. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. All right. Keith, what is your best dad joke? Hang on. Um, Oh no. I just saw this on my phone. This is terrible. Um, I, I don't know how to say this. Um, it was just released on the news. The meter stick company, they're not going to make them any longer. Why not? Come on. Me- meter stick, it's only <laughs> don't, I don't get it. T- tell me. You're, you're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> you of all people ruined the dad joke. <laughs> I said good day. I said good day, sir. I said good day, sir. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, really, when you told me, be prepared for some of these yep. things, <clears throat> I was up all night, but I wasn't worried about it. I was more worried about where the sun went, and then it dawned on me. It's <laughs> perfect. It's bonus joke. Bonus joke. Oh, it's so good. Two for one sale. It's good. Uh, well, listen, Keith, we want to ask a couple serious questions before uh, we get into our game for today. Um, first question I want to ask, uh, what are some of your earliest memories with your dad? Um, some of my earliest memories are kind of a challenge. And my dad would even say this because we had a very traditional household where my mom stayed at home to raise us. And that was their agreement of getting married. Uh, And she stayed at home. She wanted to stay home. When I was in high school and I found her old high school yearbook, she was voted most likely to succeed. And Hmm. being a punk teenager, I was like, oh, that didn't work out. And she's (laughs) like, I wanted to stay home and raise two productive boys to be good citizens who grow up to be good fathers and good dads and stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, mom, (laughs) you know. But it was in the means of in that understanding 
He was the mechanic that then worked the overtime and provided. Mm -hmm. And so we would run to the door and when he would get home, we would just love on him. And it was the fact of he would give us foot rides where we would just latch onto his leg Mm -hmm. and he would just walk with us type of thing. Um, The funny part was like when I was 27, I'm like, yeah, dad, he's a get off my leg, you know. Um, but that was it's one so of the weird. earliest <laughs> memories was, you know, when he's, I shouldn't have worked so much, but it was always very positive when he came home and mm-hmm. um, it was very early on, but part of it in our first house that he built. So he would work and then go and build and work on the house. And That's we were living with my grandparents. And so I, I was um, four or so. And so I don't have a lot of memory of it, except then my mom's like, let's go over and see your dad at the work site. And we hadn't seen him in so long and he kind of grew a beard out and stuff. And it was like, we were afraid of him. And my dad's mm-hmm. like, okay this is not right. I need to slow down. We can work on the house later and spend some time. And that's kind of where I've learned of just sometimes you just have to stop what you're doing because you're not going to get that season of life back. Um, so a lot of that is then too, he had a, a red truck with the the lights on the top. Can you imagine the truck in a back to the future, you yep. know, and everything yeah. he had that truck awesome. and it would be then riding in the back on a dirt road and we'd get off the paved road and get in the dirt road. Okay. Get in the back. And it was yeah. driving. Or then when I'm sitting on his lap and I thought I was driving, I was not driving yeah. his leg was doing it yeah. type of thing. It was just those types of traditional dad things, but it was about, he was very intentional with the time. He was the mm. breadwinner. He was working 60, 70 hours a week. But when he had time, it was always positive memories. Um, having said that we never wanted to displease him. So he didn't have to discipline us very much mm. because we just wanted to please him because we didn't have as much time. As it got older, there was more time spent. But when he was the mechanic before he went into management, um, those are some of my earliest and favorite memories. Cool. Uh, did he ever skip with you guys on your on his legs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sissies. <laughs> I don't know why he just got southern there. We're from Michigan, so. I do reckon. So good. And drink a pop while you're at it. <laughs> Um, how has being a dad changed you? Um, it's the type of thing that I didn't realize how much I pulled from my experiences with my dad. Um, for example, one of my favorite memories with him was he let my brother and I skip school one day. Like we got dropped off by the bus, but he was waiting there Hmm. and we just had our red and blue jackets. My mom always dressed me in blue, my brother in red. You can look into some color theory. It's why I'm very passive and he has some anger management issues. (laughs) Uh, and we drove up, up North, uh, to the Tawasaskota area, which if you can hold out a hand on Michigan, it's kind of where your index finger is on Lake Superior. Mm -hmm. And we drove up and then we hit every single playground along the beach in every little town. We stopped for Burger King and it was the type of thing that it was just one of the best days of my childhood. We went to Disney world and, you know, did all those things, but that was my favorite memory. When we did our adoption home study, I saved, uh, shared that because we thought there was a dinosaur egg that was a rock. My dad's like, well, let's take it home. And we got it home and part of it broke off. We're like, oh my gosh, it's hatching, you know, type of thing. (laughs) Um, But why I mentioned that was being a dad changed me of that. Okay. I need to be intentional about these different things that are going to make the memories because you don't know what'll be that favorite memory that they'll Mm -hmm. recall back. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have to be perfect. I, you know, will get a little, you know, hot under the collar sometime when I'm too frustrated or anything else, but it's about being intentional of, we're going to do this and we're going to spend time and I'm going to put everything else on hold that can do that. And so some of the times it was, you know, Hey, I'm going to take you. We haven't had her skip school yet. Maybe that's going to happen if, uh, you know, I can get a note or something like that, but it's changed me in the sense of it's rechanged priorities. Uh, it's changed the fact of I'm investing myself in my daughter because that's, that's my legacy. That's yep. what I'm going to be able to to live on through. And she's going to be able to 
impact others. And so that's where those types of memories from my dad just all came to the front when we adopted our daughter from birth. And it was the type of thing that I didn't know what I was doing. They mm-hmm. went to hand her to me and I didn't know what to do. And, you know, Mrs. Catron, yep. her first kindergarten teacher was like, well, here, I'll take her. She held her before I did because I was so scared <laughs> of what to do. And then when I did it old, the nurse told me to share the head and the picture of me is like, okay. But I was looking at her. I'm like, okay, I got this. Like, yeah. this is my calling of what I'm supposed to do. Well, awesome. um, but it is the means of, no, I'm going to schedule this time. We're going to do this. We're going to go out to here. You want to dress up in a Ray costume and pretend that we're driving through on the Millennium Falcon? Fine, we're going to do it. And um, it, it's just made me take uh, calculation of it's it's not about me. Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. Uh, all right, so speaking of your daughter, how do you teach her to communicate and differentiate between opinions that don't match <clears throat> your values? Like, uh, how do you teach your kids, our, our kids to have hot conversations and disagreements without being rude? Very carefully. Yeah. Uh, we have talked early on that there's a big difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. A lot of us can feel sympathetic to something, but when you're empathetic, it means that you've understood. And we talk about to be a servant leader is to be empathetic to them. And that may mean you don't agree with them, but you're trying to understand where they're coming from. My daughter's gifted. She's an only child. She has a knack for thinking that she's correct mm-hmm. on everything. I'm not going to say in a podcast that she gets that from my wife, her mother. No, of course not. And this is not video recorded, so I'm not winking right now. There it is. But kidding aside, it's it's constant. Yep. And so mm-hmm. it's the means of understanding there are different perspectives. Um, and one of the references I gave was actually from the movie Big Hero 6. And yep. if you remember towards the end and they're having a hard time, it was like, you got to look at the problem from another angle. Mm-hmm. So sometimes... Somebody may not have the same circumstance as you, so they have to look at it from a different direction. They don't have the same circumstances, the same lot in life, but if you lead with love, if you are empathetic, you can then connect with them more rather than just pushing them away. But it is also the fact that there are going to be people that think differently than you, and in the United States of America, Mm -hmm. they get to do that. Mm -hmm. But that's also where you get the choice to say yours, and I've told her that Sometimes you can either be right or you can have the relationship. Yeah. You can argue with that friend that goes to the different church or parents voted differently or anything like that. And you're not going to have the relationship because you feel you have to be right. Yeah. Or you can accept that and then have that relationship. Uh, and at the age she's at, if you start those conversations now, it's then when it sticks later, when it becomes more known of different opinions. Cause there's a lot of times kids, they just see each other as kids. Sure. They aren't mm-hmm. programmed from the beginning. Society then teaches them, nope, things are different. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Especially at this, at this age range, it's kind of where they start really having those uh, meaty conversations, the beginnings of <laughs> yeah. we think differently well, kind of things. And we've said that too. This is what our family believes, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we don't care, aren't nice, or don't accept uh, others. And that is one thing that I've loved about our community, that it is much more diverse with opinions, with backgrounds, with cultural uh, norms than many others in Southwest Missouri. But that's also why we take her to cities and try to expose her to just classical art, different yeah. things where it's the means of, okay, if I've seen and thought beyond me and beyond my lot in life where I'm at, but not all kids have that opportunity. And yeah. so that's where we talk about, it doesn't make you better than someone else. It just, you've been fortunate to have more opportunities. You need to make the most of it. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that question a lot simply because for me, it's uh, I think it's a cultural thing as well. Like when I, I read the, the Coddling of the American Mind, which is one of the favorite mm-hmm. books I've read uh, the past few years. And 
Like, I think we just have this culturally, this, this problem where we're not able, you know, if you're not for me, you must be against me. And I think we just, we have to do a better job as, as parents of teaching our kids how to have these discussions. And especially, I know you are working in, in secondary ed, you probably see it more than anybody. I mean, the authors of that book, they were secondary teachers and, and, and professors. And it's kind of like, you, you just, you see this so commonly, um, you know, in, in young people today. And I like, I think it's going to be one of those things where we talk a lot about the pendulum swinging back and forth. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be, we're the parents who are going to swing that pendulum back towards, no, no, it's okay to have conversations. It's okay to disagree. It's okay. Um, and I think that's just, it's so important for us to be able to develop those skills. Well, and books like that influence me even in my teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still teach one class a semester. So I teach U.S. history one or two, yeah. but I don't do the traditional go through the chronological order names and dates because they can Google that. They can find it online. Right. It's more on historical or critical thinking. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I'm not going to tell you what to think, but you're going to have to come to your conclusion by doing the SOC method. Mm-hmm. You have to source your information. You have to observe it. You have to contextualize it and you have to corroborate it. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that with documents and different resources, sources from the past, primary and secondary, then you can do it in present time with right. news sources or opinions or anything mm-hmm. else too. But then you learn that I don't think this, but I can see where that person thought right. that or, oh, this actually isn't correct because you can't contextualize that or you can't corroborate that with other information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's trying to teach them to think for themselves. And a lot of them, they, they haven't had that experience. And a lot of them, they're not comfortable at the beginning of the semester, but by the time they get to the end, they're more willing to share those different opinions because they've also realized you know, well, hey, you know, the 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 Puritans meant well, but they had this negative impact. Or it's like, no, they meant well because look at what they did. But, mm-hmm. you know, here's the outcomes. You can have differing opinions because if somebody tells you historians all agree, they're lying to you. <laughs> right. uh, it's the means of somebody will have some diverging opinion that has merit, but it's the means that that doesn't mean you have to agree with that historian. Yeah. Cool. We want to play a game. Uh, we know that since, you know, you're a history buff, I'm assuming since you are a professor of history. American history. <laughs> so what we want to do is this. Uh, we're going to come up with uh, five or six scenarios, uh, and then we'll discuss which historical figure we'd pick for that scenario. So uh, the example we had was, uh, who would you want to babysit your kids? So which historical figure would you want to babysit your kids? I'm going with Genghis Khan, personally. But that, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're a little had, bit Genghis Khan. He, he had a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Is Mary Poppins real? I'm asking for a friend. Uh, yes. Yeah. Actually, I've never seen Mary Poppins. No. What? She attends I, Hogwarts. I would say, are we saying are we saying real or are we saying throughout like oh. cinema history? What are we saying? I say like real, like real okay. person. Yeah, okay. real people. Mm. Ooh, that's tough. Oh, wait, yeah, that was the scenario question. We, I mean, that was the example question. Oh, okay. We own. Gotcha. So, uh, how, anybody want to go first? How, how about, oh, I don't have to answer that? You can if you oh, want. Oh, okay. No, uh, answer it. Who, you, who, uh, who? <laughs> who would you leave your daughter with? Um, Mrs. John Adams. Why? Okay. Well, he's away during the war. They all survived smallpox, but she taught them the principles of liberty early on. Hardy Bostonian. Okay. I don't know why they came to me. No, I like, like it. It's a good answer. That's a good one. Yeah. I, I like it. I don't know. I'm, you know what? Do you have like, trust issues? I'm, well, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I don't trust that that person will still like me. Um, <laughs> let's go. Like, this one is probably the, the Sunday school answer, but like Mary, mother of Jesus. Yeah, that's pretty good. One. I mean, she mm-hmm. mothered the son of God. Like, I'm sticking with Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll go with Attila the Hun. Yeah, that was the right answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got it. Socrates. That's who I would go with. And I'm imagining Socrates from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay, there we go. Like, there you go. Be excellent to one another. Yes. Oh, does anybody have a scenario? Let me go first. You go first. 
Okay. Uh, who, which historical figure would you most want to argue about the merits of a good taco? Ooh. Like, uh, you got to have a discussion over whether or not, you know, this is a taco topping. It actually counts. Is like a choco it. taco an actual taco? Yes. Is, is a, a hot, hot dog, dog a taco? taco? Yeah. Right. You have to argue this. You get one person to argue with. Can they be alive? Yeah. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Ooh, oh, man, that's a good that one. is a good one. Just you because win. even if he was yelling and cursing at me in his British accent, I'd be like, I have succeeded in life. I've made it. Bucket list item checked off. There you go. Uh, you need to have this happen on the on the Dad Schwartz podcast. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. Uh, and I want him debating with my person that I would like to debate. Uh, and it wasn't my person until Keith said that one. So I'm going to go with Guy Fieri. Oh, I think okay. it would be really fun to see him and Gordon Ramsay debate the <laughs> merits of like a corn dog as a burrito <laughs> like you know uh cereal as a soup you know all of these types i, of I think stupid we have a things. netflix special in the making. <laughs> yes we do i mine was uh, old julia child's not, no, not <laughs> julia child's but old when she was basically like if you watch the the shows with her she's like oh you're doing that now oh, <laughs> like yeah this is a taco i'm gonna yeah. take it's the worst Worst recipe, and she'd be so encouraging. That's but awesome. I would divulge into Swedish chef, and I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> throw a fish around. Yeah. <laughs> no to talk. Um, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Stuffed fish a taco. Uh, oh, my God. Is sushi a taco? Sushi is a taco. I don't or need... is it a burrito or is that's it a been sliced? It's a bur- it's a sliced burrito. Okay. I like that one. Uh, I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna change my answer for who I would leave my kids with, <laughs> and I'm gonna go with uh, prison Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the years when she was only in the prison. years when she was in prison because I feel like she got like she straight up to make street. a shank <laughs> right into Snoop Dogg. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, historical historical scenario. It's not really a scenario, but you said you mentioned this one before the show started, and I'm going to go with it. Okay. Uh, and Keith, you may have already given your answer. Okay. But I'm going to go with greatest facial hair in mm. all of history. Okay. And and I think for this one, we can go cinema as well. Oh. Whoa, whoa. I know. I'm 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 just busting the barn doors open. I'm I'm ready. Okay. Bring it. Ambrose E. Burnside, another yes. general in the Civil War, yes. terrible general. He should go back to yeah, Rhode Island. Yeah, absolutely the worst. Sorry, I'm just a little <laughs> worked not, up. No, 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 maybe not the worst. Joseph Hooker was worse. Yeah, okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's just keep going. Yeah. Uh, but he did not have good facial hair. Now, Ambrose E. Burnside, uh, the supposed name, it's debated over sideburns, but it's still the fact of those uh, so some pretty sweet mutton shops mm-hmm. that inspired uh, thousands of men to their death. That's <laughs> <laughs> Fine. We're only gauging his facial hair. But to abolish slavery. Yes. Okay. There yeah. You go. So uh, I think I would I, like for me. <laughs> are you? <laughs> Ragsdale took a sneak peek at my answer and lost it. <laughs> the one that I go to for my me my my uh, desire. I will never have this, but I'm going to go with Kurt Russell in Tombstone. Uh, the Wyatt Earp stash is like my 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 dream stash. So that's what you hope Wyatt Earp's is in historically. Is yes, yeah. correct. Okay, mine is Frida Kahlo. <laughs> the facial hair could be anything, and the eyebrows. I like, mean, that has to be the most iconic set of eyebrows since Anthony Davis, right? Okay, that's fair. And, and Martin she, Scorsese. I, and she does have a little bit of a a, a stash. Yeah. It's like I, okay. I had a history professor that yeah. would take his eyebrows and then roll them between his uh, fingers and on the podium and lecture. I learned nothing in that class. I was just hypnotized. Uh, so Iowa State University Foundation, if you're listening, 
that's why I'm not donating this month. <laughs> that's perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. All right, do we have another scenario? You got one, Keith? Um, yes. Okay. Which historical character would you most trust to work on your house? Oh, that's a good one. Historical figure okay. to work on your house. And remember, Bob the Builder is fictional. Yeah. Yes. Bob Vila? So is Fix and Feel. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. Tim the Toolman. <laughs> no, Al Bourne. Are you going uh, Bob Vila? I mean, I think Bob Vila is the person that came to mind. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's the, the person that came to mind. He's the Bob Ross of the I, uh, I, construction biz. Yeah. I feel like there's other ones out there, but the first thought was Bob Vila. Yeah. He's um, got a breadth of knowledge. He's going to be used to like commanding a bunch of people around to do this job. Feels like he's going to get the job done. Can he build a house or can he just fix a house? That's the question. It's like six of one, half dozen of another? False. <laughs> False. <laughs> Fixing, reverse engineering a house is much yeah. different than actually well, engineering a and, house. And that's to uh, my answer, going back again to Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain. After the Civil War, he had so many people, former soldiers, other people, well-wishers coming to see him that his wife was getting tired of so many people being in their parlor. Remember, this time in history, you go in, you have a little side room, and mm-hmm. then it's the rest of your house, and it was a one-level house. And she goes, but I'm not moving. So the guy's ingenious as an engineer, reverse engineering, mm-hmm. and as a husband and as a father to keep his kids away from even drunk former soldiers coming in. He had volunteer former soldiers that helped him, and he put his house on stilts and built a first level. So his wife didn't have to move, but the first floor is all this big open office where he could then entertain people. Hmm, that's awesome. And if you Google Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain's house, you can clearly see the second floor has a front door right out of it coming out, and the first floor then that was added on to be able to see that's everyone. Awesome. Huh. I mean, he that's... won an argument with his wife, kept his kids out of the way. <laughs> And had had arguably one of the first man caves in U.S. history. That's awesome. Watch that first step. It's a doozy. All right. I, for, uh, for me, I'm going to go Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh, oh yeah. That's a good one. I, like, mm-hmm. I'm just fascinated by – and I, I think he can build. I, mm-hmm. I went back and forth between is he just a designer or is he also a builder. But well, I think he also has the chops With that. that attitude, he can. Yes. <laughs> yes. Henry Ford. But you say you can't, you say you can't, you're right. Uh, we got uh, we got like three minutes left, so we got to go fast. Okay, but, uh, I got one more for you. Okay, yeah. Well, we just want more each if we go fast. Yeah, let's go okay, fast. Okay. Quick, what's yours? You go first because we'll go in order. I forgot mine because I was waiting for you to go yours. Oh, that was rude of me. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go yeah, with uh, <laughs> what historical figure uh, would you want in your camp during a zombie apocalypse? Oh, man, that's a good one. Chamberlain again? Is that you know, I mean, that's kind of a go-to. I, I have a framed picture of him in my office, if that tells you anything. Um, you're like Leslie Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, question mark. Um, ooh. Ooh. So many choices, so little time. True story. Uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot of big Genghis Khan. Yeah, Andrew Jackson. Okay, oh, that's a good one. Just yeah. because he killed a lot of people. <laughs> he did personally. I mean, awkward. You don't necessarily have to like him, but yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah, uh, I I would go with Teddy Roosevelt. Like mm-hmm. going going you know back uh, you know Rough Riders, yeah. Rough Riders stuff. Like yeah, Crowder roots right there. Yeah, you know. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. Two two names came to mind for real. Genghis Khan did come to mind because yep. that was for real. I think he's going to survive the zombie apocalypse just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one though was uh, uh, Octavius Caesar. Oh, mm. I think like the the leadership to rebuild a society. 
but then you've got Etu Brute. Well, I guess that was Julius, not Julius. Julius. Yeah, but still, you know, I think uh, that seems like a pretty solid pick. I'm gonna that would be high on the list. Zombie would probably bite him in the back. <laughs> I see what you did there. And okay, uh, mine was uh, which uh, which historical figure would you most want to go on a road trip with? To cross country, cross country road trip. Who you want to go? With? I got this one. Okay, okay. go. Dwight D. Eisenhower, pre World War II. Ooh, okay. He okay. led the first military expedition from coast to coast as an army expedition driving. It was to do studies to show how roads were needed, but that the military couldn't defend the country going across. So, I mean, you got to go with the first person that did it. Mm. Uh, that's not modern times or Route 66 or anything else, yep. but it's just literally like we're making the road. Kind yeah. of a, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Uh, in a similar vein, I'd go Lewis and Clark. I think it would be really fun to take them on Route 66 now, yeah. like pull them from history, like a Bill and Ted's type of thing, and yeah. take them cross country now. Mine was similar. Sakaga way. Oh, yeah. I was like, gosh, yeah. That's yeah. What we're going. Okay. Uh, Keith, you got one to finish this off? Yes. Who would you most like to be a substitute teacher oh, at the Carthage Intermediate? <laughs> Not Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> The discipline Ooh. levels off the charts. Off the charts. <laughs> but the mortality rate is high. <laughs> it's sus. Uh, I'm going to... Wait I'm, for it. I'm going to go with B.F. Skinner. <laughs> <laughs> I just think... I mean, you just have a bunch of, like, yeah, people just ruling in class. <laughs> uh, just, I think there would be some fun... Like, what is he going to, you know, uh, what does he think of current modern education theory? Uh, but then also, uh, what would he do? And I think it'd be a fun one to watch. That's all I'm saying. I'm a Dewey man myself. <laughs> <laughs> but not Dewey Decimal. Not Dewey Decimal. No. I don't think it's overrated. Uh, who you got, Keith? Uh, I'm going to go. Oh, wait. Hang on. The hamster just fell off the wheel. Let me get it back up there. <laughs> Here he goes. We're good now. Uh, Maury from Tuesdays with Maury. Ooh, okay. Uh, it's okay, in the yeah. means of just that philosophical, and yeah. it's about how you make people feel and that type of thing. And yes, the collegiate understanding may be above fourth or fifth grade, but just uh, hey, I'd like you to spend some time. I trust you with my kid. Nice. So I'm gonna go with uh, Weird Al Yankovic. I want to change my answer to, after hearing yours. Oh, so go ahead. Weird Al, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, that's a good. I one. think it would be fun. I it would probably fall off the rails by noon, but like I I, I would, would remember like to, that day. Yeah, I would like to see it. Like that would be fun. That would be a fun place for kids to be. After hearing your answer, I, I want to change mine to Mr. Rogers. Oh. oh. Oh, that was a mic drop, win. but these mics are on like these uh, yeah, booms here. Yeah, I'm going to pick Daniel Tiger. <laughs> no, I'm going to pick Bob Ross. <laughs> he would also be good. He would be pretty good. You know he was in the Army? We actually have Bob Ross biography in our library, by the way. Oh, nice. Saying. Very cool. Hey, well, thanks for joining us on another episode of the Dad Shorts Podcast. Don't forget you can find us on Facebook. Uh, don't forget to, wherever you listen to your podcast, podcast like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, we would love to have a five-star rating. That helps more people find our podcast. Uh, you can find us on TikTok. Well, I haven't posted a TikTok video in a while. We're kind of, I'm, I'm kind of in a, a rut. And I also have <laughs> not done my part. And I just found you this week. <laughs> okay, okay. Now that Keith has found us on TikTok, yeah, I can to... finally start posting yes, the Mortal the, Madness, the Mortal Madness. Mm-hmm. matchups. No, so we'll get those out busy there this weekend. No, um, I'll see, I'll see you on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get on LinkedIn. That's it. That's the next one. Uh, find us on TikTok at Dad Shorts Podcast. Find us on Facebook at Dad Shorts Podcast. Email us at the Dad Shorts Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening and have an amazing day. Later. We've got to come up with a really good sign off. Oh, yeah. We'll take suggestions of that. Email us. Arrivederci. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> Wait for the cramp. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs>